1: of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com.
2: You were made to
1: think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow.
3: Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's Word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at GraceChurchVA.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message.
1: Uh, Deuteronomy 16, 14. God says, be joyful at your feast. You need to understand something about God. He likes to celebrate in a party. That may strike you as strange, but he likes to party. He had three parties a year. Every Israelite had to go to with the eight. And they drank. They had fun. They laughed. And uh, uh, he loves the party that God's the same. He wants to have fun. That that shocks you, don't it. But the devil is not the author of the party. God wants right. us. Matter of fact, he commands that we fellowship one with another. Fellowship is celebration of Thank each God. other. Are, are you hearing That's me? Right. Be joyful at your feast, you, your sons and daughters, your men's servants, maidservants. So what does he want? He wants joy. So when God has a party, he wants everyone to be happy. But he doesn't just want it to be out of command. He wants it to be out of relationship. The environment God wants to be in with us is a joyful environment. How many of you that have children are excited when y'all get together griping with each other? No. How many of y'all are excited at family reunions like churches every Sunday with people bickering and fighting over what you did two years ago, five years ago, three years? I remember when I was a boy. And, and that bicker. how many of y'all like that environment? No one does. Neither does God. When we come together, he wants it to be festive and joyous primarily. He says, your maid service, et cetera, et cetera, even the folks that are visiting. Verse 15, for seven days, celebrate the feast to the Lord, your God, at the place the Lord will choose. For the Lord, your God, will bless you in all your harvest and all the work of your hands. And your joy will be what? He wants us to have overwhelming joy, even in the, the, the old uh, covenant. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord, your God, at the place you choose. And then he he said a couple of things. And then he said in verse uh, a little further down, no man should appear before the Lord, what? Empty Handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord has blessed you. But how are they to do this? Joyously. Joyously. The New Testament says don't give begrudgingly or out of compulsion. But he loves a happy what? Hilarious giver. You oil your giving with joy. Did you hear that? You oil your giving with joy. If you don't do it joyfully, it's not going to be so anointed. In other words, it's joy that anoints your giving. Are you tracking at me? Joy anoints your giving. So if you want God to bless what you sow, do it joyfully and God will anoint it. All right, let's keep going. Psalms 19, 8. The word of God in your heart brings joy. Let's look at some of the places joy comes from. It says the precepts of the Lord are right. Giving joy to the what? Where does joy come from? The word of God, the precepts of God. See, the word of God is not just this heavy yoke because Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, right? It is something that's supposed to bring you buoyancy and lift you up and bring joy. Matter of fact, Jesus looked at the crowd and he's like, man, the Pharisees and them, they put a heavy, uh, yoke on the people's neck. And he said, y'all didn't even lift a finger to help them. He was upset by the joylessness of the people because of the religious leaders who were also joyless themselves. Why do you think Jesus was comfortable eating with sinners? Sinners are not attracted to angry. Well, they're attracted to anger because they're in anger. But let me just say, they, they, like, they like happy events. They like happy people. Sinners, I mean, they have fun. Are you hearing me? It's the church that gets confused on that issue, right? But the Bible said Pharisees were repulsed by him, the religious folk, but the sinners wanted to eat with him. Why? Obviously, there was a buoyancy about Jesus. There was something that makes you want to be in his presence. We understand that joy is contagious. We want to be around joyous people. Angry, stiff. No, no, no. People, you, 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 if you're trying to be happy, you try to avoid them. Unless you're broken inside, you're going to be repelled by angry, upset people versus, you understand, joyous uh, people. Hope I said that right. You know what I meant. Psalm 16, verse 11. The presence of the Lord brings joy. Where does joy come from? The presence of the Lord. But we also will see that the presence of the Lord must bring hope so do not see people get said I feel them so I need more than a feeling because the feeling will fade I need a word I need something to hold on to something that will stay with me stick with me you know just using the relationship between a man and a woman when they come together not only do they feel something God gives them the feeling but if stuff is exchanged the seed and the egg will remain and something will begin to grow inside you hear me? So in God's presence is my spirit. Hopefully there's something growing inside of me to prove that we were together. Are you hearing me? So we want hope to come out of the presence. So now, listen, please don't mishear me, because people go to the extreme saying well, it's not about. emotion." Listen, God cares about our He created our emotions. He wants me to even use my emotions rightly, but just not be controlled and dominated by them. Sometimes I need to cry. Sometimes, frankly, I even need to hear a song that pricks that emotion that I've been pushing down, so I could cry it out and then be okay. So, understand it, because that's what David does in the Psalms. Okay, understand that there's there's a place for that, but also understand that after I get my emotions okay, hope's supposed to spring. There's supposed to be a transaction. Because of his presence. I mean, you know, lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Lay down with God, you're supposed to get hope. Right? So when we get in his presence, you're pressing in for more than just a feeling. You're pressing in for information, knowledge, understanding, things that will carry you when you don't feel what you're feeling at that particular moment. Psalms 21 and 6. Surely you've granted him eternal blessings and made him glad with the what joy of your what? His presence brings what? So if it brings joy, it must also bring hope. So the next time you're in the presence of God, sometimes you only get you have not because you ask not. You only get, you know, the ceiling, your expectations or sometimes your ceiling. And he's saying, listen, reach for more. Say, God, in this moment, I need hope for my child. In fact, there's this young girl I've been praying for for a whole week. And the Lord finally spoke to me. And uh, he she told me the girl, she's she going to go straight for a while. But because of her mother's prayers, and Mama, if you listen to me, this is for you. Because of the mother's prayers, God was going to turn her life around. But he didn't say in five days, five minutes. He didn't say six months. But because of the mother's prayer, he's going to turn this girl's life around. And what she's gone through and what she's done is going to become her testimony. Amen. And God was going to use this young lady in the future for his glory. You see, once I got that answer, I stopped praying for the young lady, just, just left alone. You see, well, what type of God is that to speaks that way? I, I spoke about this on Sunday. What did he say to Peter? He said, Peter, man, your fa- you know, your faith's going to, I mean, you, 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 you're going to be sifted like wheat, man. But, uh, you know, I pray for you that your faith will not fail. You, know, you may fail, stuff may fail, but your faith, that your faith will not fail. And then when you come back, strengthen your brethren. Uh, but nonetheless here. Uh, in Psalm 30 and verse 11, we find joy is our new uniform. It's not only something God wants in us, he wants it even on us. And what's wonderful about clothes is you can lend it to somebody. And you get enough joy on you, you can get it on someone else. You turn my wailing into dancing. That's why sometimes we need to be exuberant and not so reserved. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with what? Who does this? God. This is God's design, God's intent. God's will. Let's keep moving. Psalms 33 and 1. Joy is proper protocol. Hear me. Joy is proper what? You did not get sad in the presence of a king. In fact, the cupbearer got sad and uh, he approached the king and he knew he took his life in his own hand. Does anyone know what his name was? Nehemiah. It's in the Bible. You did not approach the king with sadness. Why? Because if you get the king in the bad news, the whole nation's in trouble. If he starts going off and throwing javelins and man, he could kill everyone in the neighborhood. It was serious. So you want to make sure you bring the right thing into the king's presence. So uh, he released the right thing. It says here, sing joyfully to the who you righteous. It is fitting or it's protocol for the upright to what you don't come into his presence without praise. That's why we praise even before we get into the word, because it's proper protocol. It's kind of like we keep using the, the base. Well, it's not so base. God created this thing, but the analogy of a man and a wife. I mean, if you don't say nothing good or don't do it, say, you know, how are you going to consummate the thing? You, you, you got to work. You, got, you understand? You, it's, it's, you get it all. Okay. It, it starts in the kitchen right before the bedroom. And, and before you get that word, it starts in your kitchen, too, even before you get to the church praise and worship and expectation with God. And then because of that romance. And God loves romance. That's what the song of Solomon is all about. Romance him with praise. Hear me. Because of all that romance, he releases his word. You, you see the analogy there. It gets released and your spirit gets full of something it wasn't full of before. It says, praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the string. Lor. Sing to him a what? New song. And then it says in what? Shout for joy. It'll get to the place where, you know, when you're first in love, you, you shout. If you won the lottery, you probably shout. And when things get so big on the inside of you and you really have a relationship with God and something's been passed from from him to you, a shout is normal for a shout to be released. So you shouldn't be surprised if we spend a Sunday and people just start shouting. Let's say, were they trying to be Pentecostal? but No, no, we're just trying to be built. But We love God and we get excited about him. And it's a place for a shout. We'll shout at a basketball game, a football game. How much more for the king of kings, Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Amen. Especially when our team wins in the end. Psalms 100 and verse 2. He says, worship the Lord with sadness, gladness. Come before him with what? Joyful song. This is protocol. This is divine protocol. When you come before a king, worship him. Come before him with singing. Not just singing, joyful singing. Joy comes from the anointing. We're about to discover that. Psalms 44, 45 and verse 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, you're God. How many of y'all hate wickedness? Okay, this is not y'all though, okay? It's not y'all. But a problem with many folk is they say they love God, but they don't hate evil. Please hear me. If you want to love God, you got to hate evil too. He said Job was a man that skewed evil. He hated it. Some things in our culture I hate. Lot was a man that was vexed in his soul because of the unrighteousness that was going on. He hated certain things. And God delivered him. And we not only need to love God, we need to hate things. Are you hearing me? And if you don't get passionate about your no, your yes is going to be anemic. Are you hearing me? So we need to love and hate. Not people, but things. All right. Come before him with what? Joyful songs. Uh, I'm sorry, that was the protocol. Um, We're in 45.7. You love, righteous, hate, wickedness. therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the what? Huh. He anoints you with joy and he likens joy to oil. So do you know that God that the Bible said you need no man to teach you because the anointing God abides in you? In other words, I'm not teaching you by the flesh. I'm teaching you by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Bible says here that you can receive an anointing of joy, just like the anointing of God can prick your heart, convict you and make you weep and bawl, fall to your face before God. It could also make you laugh hysterically. It says here. That there's an anointing of joy. Now, this scripture was applied to Jesus himself in the book of Hebrews. Jesus right now, the Bible says, is anointed with the oil of joy. So after you love Jesus, what ought to be the second thing you got? Love, joy, peace, joy. So there's an anointing of joy on Jesus. You say you're in Christ. What should be on you? We have not because we ask not. or, Or maybe we know not. We don't. We never understood that joy is there for us. Christ, the anointed one, is ultimately and absolutely anointed with joy. And him and his life brings uh, joy again. Uh, joy should be exuberant and even loud at times. 47 and 1. Sometimes it's quiet, though. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with the voice. Uh, I'm sorry, with, with cries of, of joy. Psalms 51, verse 2. Why do we lose our joy? Often. Because we're out of God's presence or sin. This psalm, David had sinned. I think he sinned with Bathsheba. And he says to God, See, he knew where his joy came from. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He had lost his joy because of what? Sin. When I lose my joy, the first place I look for is, Lord, what's wrong? Where's the block? What's the problem? Where have I And when we think of sin, you're thinking of crazy stuff. Sin is just missing the mark. I mean, I could just be missing it and loving my wife, and God said I had enough. I could just be missing it on my priorities, and God's saying I had enough. And the Holy Spirit withdraws, and I sense the Spirit at a distance, and all of a sudden I don't have the joy, the buoyancy I used to. Stuff that used to didn't bother me now bothering me. Everything's getting on my nerve. Because God's and I are distances. You understand? And that sin has separated us why? Because He's holy. But when I deal with that thing that God wants me to deal with, joy comes again. Sometimes I have to send my son to his room. It's not a happy time. But when he deals with the situation and the situation is healed, we're having fun once again. Do you understand? So sin can separate us from God. So if you're losing your joy or you lost your joy, it might take a couple of days to get down the list. But begin to deal with the things that separate you from the presence of God. 94 and 19. I have to move very quickly now. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought what? Joy to my soul. Now, we found that the scriptures were consolation, right? Through the comfort and consolation of the scriptures, we have what? Hope. So he's really saying your hope brought joy to my what? Yeah. When anxiety was great, he got with God and it brought joy. So if you have anxiety, don't get all legalistic. Oh, God, uh, you know, I'm, I'm frowning. I must, you know, no, I, I must not be saved or God's mad at me because I'm not happy. Don't go there. Go to God, though. Get the joy that you seem to have lost. Are you tracking? That's why we're to pray always without ceasing because stuff pops up. Things happen. So we got to keep going back to him to get the comfort and the encouragement we need. You'll never be joyous apart from God. Some people just say, well, I'm just a happy person. I don't even need joy. The devil's a liar. You're a liar, too. Um, we need God. Okay, real joy comes out of relationship. Nothing more, nothing less there. All right, let's keep moving. Psalms one, eighteen, fourteen. Joy is the experience of the righteous. How many are righteous? Okay, I should have saw all hands go up. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus died that we could become righteousness. righteous. He says, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. What have people been hearing in your house lately? <laughs> Ouch, right? But, uh, Joy is supposed to be the experience. So if your experience does not match the word, don't try to change the word. To Say, Lord, this, this thing ain't matching. Show me what I need to do to bring it up. And he will show you. He's not going to condemn you. He's going to say, well, this is wrong. This is wrong. or And this is the right way. Walk ye in it. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Let's move quickly to the New Testament. John 15, verse 10 um, Joy is the result of obedience and also trusting God's love. John 15, 10, the words of Jesus. If you obey my commands, you'll remain in my what? Love. So obedience is, is part of remaining in him, right? Just as I have obeyed my uh, father's commands and remain in his love, I've told you this so that my joy may be what? And that your joy may be complete. Now listen, Jesus ever lie? He says that the very joy he had can be in me. And he wants it. This is God's will. So you say, I don't know if it's God's will for me to be happy. Well, it's because you don't know the Bible. It's his will that your joy may be complete. Are you hearing me? I told you this so that my joy may be in you. In other words, as you obey me and remain in my love, or as you have a revelation of my love, love, joy, peace. As you understand that I love you, you're going to be happier. As you understand that I'm for you, you're going to be happier. Are you tracking with me? And then he goes on and says a few other things. Acts 13, 51. Speaking of the of the disciples, so they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy what? Now, what does it mean to be filled with something that also means to be controlled by? How many of y'all ever been controlled by anger? I know I have. He wants us to be controlled by joy. That's what it means to be filled by joy. But the disciples were not just filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that brought joy. So if you have an experience with the Holy Spirit that doesn't bring joy, you don't have a right experience. It's not biblical. So we need to not just reach for uh quote unquote doctrine without the sweetness of Christ. Maybe we'll say, I know I'm saying because the Bible says, so." but you're miserable. You miss something there. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? The disciples were filled, not just had some. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Colossians one and ten. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is praying for the church. He says a few things. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Do you know that Paul would not pray for something that wasn't was possible? We can please God in every way. He said, that's contrary to my religious training. But what are you going to accept, your tradition or the scripture? you got to make a choice here. He said, we can please God in every way. You know, a, a little baby, he's not perfect. But because that baby's living up to the light that he has and the understanding he has, he's acting age-appropriate. You can be pleased with them in every way. Even when my kids get me mad, a lot of times it's age appropriate. Don't even really bother me because I'm like, that's age appropriate. They're supposed to be acting crazy like that. When they get older, they won't do that no more. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> and may please them in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Did you know that's God's will, by the way? And I don't want to hang here. But God wants to bear fruit in every good work. He says sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. No, 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 no. The scripture says what you're going to follow, your traditions or popular sayings or what the Bible says. Bearing fruit in what? Every good work, Growing in the knowledge of God. How many of y'all need to grow in that? You sure we do? Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks. And what? Joyfully given thanks. And what? Joyfully. You see, when you get strengthened with his power, you'll be joyful. He's praying that they'll be strengthened with his power and then joyfully give what? Thanks. See, a lot of times we're giving thanks for, we're trying to give thanks, but but, but it's not really working because we're operating in weakness. But when we start operating in strength, there'll be a real thanks coming when we see the dunamis, the, the energos of God, the power of God move, there's a thankfulness and a joy that will rise because of the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. But you see, if you've never seen the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, his energos or, or his dunamis or, or his exousia, any of those, 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 those kratos of God, and you never see them, it's going to be a little harder to be happy. So that's why sometimes we dry and shrivel up in our walk with Christ because we're not really seeing the strength and power of God manifested in our lives. First uh, Thessalonians 1 and 6. Joy is given by the Holy Spirit and it comes when you welcome the word. See, sometimes I preach the word people walk away mad. Uh, um, I, I don't know how things are going to turn out for you. Now, you might get mad for a moment, um, but you're supposed to get over it. And we, but we, we're supposed to welcome it. You see, the bottom line, even when something strikes me emotionally in a bad way, if, if, if it's God, I need to welcome it. Say, okay, in spite of what I feel, what I think, in spite of the fact that they messed up my whole world, Lord, I'm going to welcome your instruction. That's humility. You understand? You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcome the message with what? Joy given by who? Who gives joy? Yeah, I need more joy. See, I'm teaching this to you, but I'm realizing. I'm like, Lord, there's stuff that I never even realized was really mine. This is part of my inheritance. You know, I'm kind of walking around happy, kind of buoyant, you know, but Lord, there's a lot more for me. And I'm sure you're having the same understanding and Revelation yourself. It said, this joy was given by the what? Holy Spirit, where was it given? In the midst of suffering. So we're barely even suffering. The only thing we're suffering is a bunch of temptation and onslaught of the adversary through the media and all the rest of the stuff. But we're not going through a lot of the heavy suffering that much of the, the rest of the world is. So if any group should be joyous, it should be easy for us to be what joyous.
3: You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Derek Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitou, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
2: A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It is built through the consistent application of wisdom and hard work. Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book 120 Minutes to Live Big provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right, a free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better, and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com.